though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to Strength to Strength this morning. Great to have all of you on the call. We have a little bit of an interesting um, lineup this morning. We have three brothers who will be sharing with us, uh, two of which are from Uganda and another brother from uh, New York. So that's uh, great to have you here. Uh, in the past, we at Strength to Strength here have hosted calls where we've had some um, uh, organizations, nonprofit organizations, uh, share their um, work and so on. And we thought that what we'd like to do is change the focus a little bit this time to uh, just highlighting some individuals who are uh, in the work of the Lord and and just see what their day-to-day uh, activities are as they are um, serving our King. So I think what we're going to do here is just um, jump in. Um, one of the purposes of Strength of Strength is to share faith-building testimonies, and um, that's what we are looking forward to this morning. So uh, I think we'll begin here with a word of prayer, and then I will um, introduce the speakers, and we'll, we'll go from there. So let's uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your blessings to us. We thank you that you uh, meet with your people wherever your people are humble and and uh, come before you in a in a posture of of um, being uh, being subject to the King and uh, rejoicing in in your love. And we thank you for for that. We thank you for these brothers who will be sharing with us this morning. And we just ask that you would bless our time. Pray that uh, we'd have good internet connectivity and that our uh, time together would be profitable, uh, inspirational, but also um, um, changing in building us up and uh, making us better fit, uh, more pleasing to you as we um, conform our lives into your image. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we have three brothers who will be sharing with us um, the first brother is Anan, and he's joining us from Uganda, and uh, he has um, an organization that he will share about, but um, not so much about his organization, but about his uh, work that he that he does in Uganda. His name is Anan, and then following that will be a friend of his, and uh, also a friend of mine, uh, at least the uh, paths have crossed in the past, in the past, and his name is John Gooch. He's also joining us from Uganda. And uh, he's in a different uh, line of responsibility, but he will be sharing as well. And then thirdly, we'll be hearing from Jerry L. Martin. And Jerry L. is joining us from New York. And uh, he will be talking about um, his uh, coffee shop that he runs and um, how he's using that for, for the Lord. So uh, we'll begin here with Anand. And good morning, Anand. Good to have you with um, us. Yeah, good morning, everyone. You can go ahead. Okay, let me share my screen here. And maybe I'll just uh, jump in. We're going to have a question and answer period um, at the end, so we welcome all of you to keep your questions uh, to the end, and we will be uh, looking forward to your questions then. The time is yours. Okay, yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, It's such a blessing to be to be here that I can get to share something with all of you brothers and sisters wherever you're watching from. Yeah, so for some time in the previous 
Yeah, we've been talking about, you know, the role of business in the kingdom of God to create sustainable communities. And these are some of the ideas we've been sharing my, the rest of the brothers here in the, in, in Kampala. Yeah. yeah, but before I get into it, let me first do some introduction. I'm called Tujuche Anan. Yeah, 22 years old currently, but soon, just in a few months, I'll be 23. <clears throat> so one of the things I do, um, I'm a teacher. Yeah, I teach, yeah, I teach some Bible lessons, you know, some beginner classes at a resource center. It's called Antioch. It's a place where we equip Christians, fellow brothers in the, in the church to see that they get to do the work of the Lord fully. And so besides teaching at Antioch, I still teach at a, a, a Votech, a technical school where the bro- brother John, I think he's going to share more, more about that in his presentation. <clears throat> and still I'm a brother in followers of the way Kampala. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm here, I am here as a co-founder of Thrivex Digital Marketing. And so that's what I will be sharing about. <clears throat> so we've been talking about business as a, as a tool to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. You know, and at times we, we tend to miss out the role that business plays in how we come to establish the kingdom, how we become uh, you know, we, we bring all of these two spheres together. And so we've come to see that business has a huge, important role. Yeah? But still, great businesses don't just happen. Yeah, We've come to realize that they are intentionally built. Yeah? And when we think about a great business, it's one that holds values of integrity, uh, uh, commitment, uh, sacrifice. And when when these values are upheld, they produce an environment of trust through which trade can take place. And specifically being a, a, a part of a developing country, uh, uh, after experiencing, experiencing a lot of you know, challenges in such a country, you see that many people are starting businesses, especially around here, just to see that they can try as much as they can to gain, you know, even if they're not putting back value, you know, they're not adding value in the community, in the society. They're just trying to extract out whatever, you know, whatever resources they can from the people. And you find that many people are doing business without honesty. Uh, you know, they, you know, they can't fulfill their, <clears throat> their pledges. They won't deliver on time. And we see that if we, if we, we do business that is, you know, with integrity, with commitment and with sacrifice. There's a huge potential that we're going to make a difference yeah, in the environment. You know, we're going to make a, di- a difference in the places where our trade takes place. So that is one thing we are trying as much as we can. We as Thrivex Digital Marketing to, you know, to, to emphasize that, to change the way business is done. Yeah. And so we also see the kingdom of God as a place where church life and daily business are integrated together. Yeah. So we don't want to, you know, to have to, to think, oh, when I'm at work, when I'm doing business, my, this life is separated from my church, church life. As a Christian, as a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, I have to make sure that my church life and my business life, they are integrated together shouldn't be separating that. Also, as a place where we, the brothers and sisters, working together, we can engage in life, in life together. 
a place where iron can sharpen iron and spiritual growth can can happen on not only limiting that in our places of worship or where we're fellowshipping from but still in the workplace as a place where we can grow together when we are doing our trade you know when we are exchanging and you know making <clears throat> the community a better place also a way to com- to make communities better as we generate value yeah and in the result all after this it creates abundance and freedom yeah uh, how does this what, what does this mean uh, is that we are we christians we are supposed to be givers yeah uh, we are supposed to be people of your working and making business successful and we are uh, and we are you know uh making the community a better place we are we are gaining we are gaining from our trade we are creating freedom to do other work you know to do other other things in the kingdom of god that is that lies at the core of whatever we or we, we are doing okay? so back to the point of uh business as a place where we we as brothers can engage in lives together so this is a team of the brothers i work with in thrivex digital marketing there's another one i didn't include here but working with my brothers in the uh, uh like i have come to know them better yeah? yeah i have come to know you know how come to engage them in our day to day life you know making business decisions having uh discussions and sharing ideas and how we can work together collectively to see that we uh, first of all uh work under the values uh, of a true christian how we ought to be and seeing that we get to to share that you get to reflect that upon other people that we work we work with in our day to day lives so this is something that there's something that I've got to learn about my brothers yeah which would have taken some some time to learn about them like in our places of worship in where we fellowship from so this has been such a such an important too so when with the abundance uh with the with the results of the work we do in business it helps that's where we get uh enough money or resources to run and drive charitable organizations yeah so without businesses we're not going to get any you know any we're going to be limited in how we can now further ngos non-profit organizations yeah so we see that through businesses when you build strong and successful businesses it's going to be uh helpful it's going to be able to get enough that we can even to to drive other charitable organizations yeah and so it's a wonderful tool in starting up new church plants yeah uh, it's like the the model that we are the vision we have for thrivex you know having this uh big platform where is if a, if a brother or a certain group of people go somewhere they can plug in we can generate uh jobs we can be able to advertise for them and see that whenever if a brother goes to start up a church somewhere we can render support in any way that we can yeah and so if we have a business that is not really strong and that is not founded with such value it's going to be hard to support our brother so uh, the other one is giving people time to think and study when you have when you know you can uh, work you can look after yourself you get time to think you get time to study you know and, and as you grow in the uh, you know in, in the faith yeah <clears throat> so the the business we run we help business owners promote their businesses online so we collect all the other values and the principles and then we apply it in the way we run our day to day 
organization. So as ThriveX, we've decided to help owners promote their businesses online. Yeah. So that is our, you know, one liner on the on our first on, on our hero section. It's like we want businesses to grow. Yeah. We want them to grow with providing marketing frameworks that indeed work. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of one of the ways we make our product uh different uh we we use the art of story to create brands yeah and so we know that customers have problems in their lives and they need salt and they are looking for businesses which can do that but we found that many businesses don't have a good online presence Uh, there's a difference of having a website having a let's say social media platforms but if you have if you you don't have a good online presence it's all not going to be uh, to be to be clear, and I find that their websites don't clearly communicate who they are, what they do, you know, why they do it, and it makes uh, the work of customers hard to work with them. Yeah. And so, uh, we <clears throat> we believe all great businesses are centered around a story, and great businesses will engage their customers and pull them into that story, yeah, and call them and invite them into that process of transformation. This is a popular marketing framework called the story brand framework, how we use the art of story to run, to create brands that are really strong, brands that will engage their customers, brands that invite those customers into a story, a story that makes you different. Yeah, you get to realize that, okay, my customer has a problem. Uh, my, uh, my, you know, my ideal client has a problem. How can I position myself as a better person who will help them achieve their desired outcome? Yeah? And if you have that in mind, uh, it helps you to arrange all your resources and focus all of that into serving your customer to the best of your possibility. Yeah? And so as a business owner, you might have this feeling, okay, I've started this business. I want to help people. I've started this business. I want to solve this kind of problem. But if you can't articulate that clearly on your website, if you can't articulate that clearly in your marketing frameworks, it's going really to be hard for your customers. You know what you want to offer to them, but they don't know what you're going to offer to them. Yeah. So we put a lot of time in studying uh, the art of story in studying how we can incorporate story into marketing frameworks and see that we've, we, you know, we are helping businesses clarify that uh, as we go on. Yeah? So, <clears throat> and so at Thrivex, we build websites that help businesses articulate that story. People are attractive and they feel understood. Yeah? So through using these ancient storytelling techniques, we engage customers and we help businesses focus their attention and help them thrive in the modern market. That's one thing that wakes us up in the morning, that keeps us going. Just want to help these businesses articulate their story. Because we we know there's a a very popular uh, saying in the world of marketing, the six-second rule. If a client lands on your website, they have at least six seconds to to find out whether they, this is their place or it's not their place. And we want to make sure that we attract them, we capture their attention as the moment they land on your business. Yeah? So, and that is close to impossible if you can't really talk about something that will act as a hook and tell them that, hey, you know, we are going to help you. We're going to make that happen for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are some of yeah the websites and some that we built. <clears throat> so actually, 
Actually, one of our next project, like uh, Bryant said, is Soas Harvest. Yeah, Soas Harvest is like a great example of a business that has that has a great story, and it is doing a great job in engaging its customers in that story. And over the next few months, we plan to build their website and publish that story as an, an inspiration for others. Yeah? So if we collect the vision and the mission that um, Soas Harvest has or any other business, put that in a story and help amplify that and really articulate it clearly to those people that are willing and want to join and engage in that story. Okay. So as a as I, as I finish, without yeah, taking a lot of time, I think there is time for question Q and A. I'll be uh, available to to answer any questions that will arise. But if any, if you or anyone you know needs a high quality website that is in line with your mission and your vision, yeah, of course, feel free to reach us out, reach out to us at Thrivex Digital Marketing. Or if you have your phone with you there, you can just scan. That uh, that barcode, just book a free consultation, book a call. We'll be so glad to help you out. Yeah? Anyway, that is briefly about Thrivex Digital Marketing, and yeah, it's been such a such a, a pleasure and an honor to present this to you. Guess I'll pause there for a bit until if there uh, until there are any questions. All right, thank you, thank you, Adan. That's uh, very interesting. Um, we're going to keep most of the questions to the end. Um, we're going to, uh, I'll just make one comment here and then we have one question. Um, so I, I appreciate the thought that you shared there about how our business life and our church life should be integrated and not, uh, separated, not, uh, made to, to be two distinct things. And I think that's, um, it's important and uh, very helpful in our, in our walk. And, um, Brother Brian, uh, if you had something that you wanted to jump in here with. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Anand, for, for, uh, sharing about your business there. And I can see your vision and passion for that. And, uh, it's such, it's so inspiring because I, I just know that, um, in our world today, there's just so many businesses that only care about the bottom line. And that's how it's ran. And uh, I know that I believe deeply as, as Christians, as Christ followers, um, as kingdom Christians that we have this amazing privilege of bringing heaven to earth, um, right now. And we can do that in our businesses. And it just, it creates such a different way of doing business. Um, and, and I'm seeing that right with your business. And one of the missions is to uh, make a, a place for you to work together as brothers. But also, um, to even help facilitate the church plants across Africa as kind of that big vision that you're, that you're striving towards. And that's really powerful and exciting. What I would love for you to do though, and on just for a little bit, since I've been recently working through it with your company uh, there in preparing to do a website, talk a little bit about, um, you, you mentioned the story, um, you know, telling your business's story. And I think that's really powerful. People love a story, right? Like even think about how the way Jesus taught, like, you know, he, he didn't use a six point sermon. He, he often told parables or stories, right? Um, so talk a little bit about how you get that story from your clients. I think that could be really helpful for those listening. Cause I, it, um, you know, I've, I've been marketing for years. Um, I've been probably in marketing 
well, ever all my life, uh, been just at the front lines kind of, of, of business and presenting who we are to the world. But I've never, and just sitting down with your company, I never had that experience of where you spend the first meetings just looking at who you are and you are trying to understand who we are so you can help us tell that story. So maybe just talk a little bit about how you glean that information. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good question. So if I, if I may give an example, let's say for, let's say a cafe, like so as Harvest, yeah? Yeah, it's like someone might think, oh, that the only problem that my client has, maybe they just want uh, to have a meal, yeah? They want to, maybe they are hungry and they want to go somewhere quick and grab something to eat, yeah? But you see that when you narrow deep down there, there are really some some things that are bothering your clients, yeah? And so we we, have, we make sure that we spend some really good time to go deep, deep, deep down, we, we align what do you think you want to offer to your clients, yeah? And what do you think is bothering your customers, your customers' life, yeah? And on one thing, I remember you pointing out, if I, if, I, if I can talk about that, is that you find that if you're focused on only selling, let's say, let's say a cup of coffee, yeah? But you see that there, it's, it's a white, there's a, a big issue underlying in the client's life. It's like they, they are looking for a place where they can feel at home. Yeah. They are looking for a place where they can feel welcome. Yeah. They are looking for a place where, you know, it's, uh, it's not like a fast paced industry. They just want to relax, have something to eat. It's like, it's easy. Maybe they can make a cup of coffee at home. They can cook something. They can, you know, but why should they come to you rather than go to some, somewhere else? Yeah. And if you solve that, cause we talk about the problem in three, in three terms, you have the, the external problem. Yeah. And then how does it make them feel? Yeah. And, uh, why is that wrong? Yeah. So you might, you know, they might have a problem when they are, they are, <clears throat> they, they, they are in search of a place they can really connect. And how is that making them feel? They feel left out. Yeah. They feel like, you know, every, they can't keep up with everything. They are stressed. Yeah. And that is wrong. If someone is going to have something to eat, if someone is going to, it's like, should be in a conducive environment. It should be with, uh, let's say waiters and waitresses that, you know, have this smile that are, you know, that are, that are making that place feel like home. Yeah? So that's why we make sure that we spend enough, 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 enough time with our clients and dig out that story. Yeah. So what made you wake up one day and say that I want to start up this business? And we find that many people might <laughs> have even, you know, they might not have thought about that. Yeah, if you wake up and you just want to make money, I think that's a that's not a good motivation. Yeah, how are you going to make a difference in somebody's life? Yeah, and so if you make sure that that is your story, yeah, they're not going to land on your on your landing page on your website and say, oh, these people have coffee. But you're solving a way way bigger problem. These people give me a family. These people give me something that I don't get somewhere else. Yeah, and that story is so catching. And so we have stakes, yeah. You know, it's like a, it's a seven-part framework. Yeah? Uh, the pro, you know, there is a character that is the hero, yeah. And then there is a guide. Your your, your business, you're not the hero. You're just a guide helping the character, yeah, helping the hero. The guide, you have a plan, yeah. You call them to action, 
And then you tell them, okay, what will happen if you work with me? And if you don't work with me, those are the stakes. You see that, eh? So if you don't work with me, you're going to have people that are going to rip you off. You know, you know, you're never going to have a place that is like this. But if you work with me, you're going to have a better life. You know, you're going to be full. You know, it's like you invite them in that story, showing them you're here. I want you to go here. That is the story that you're engaging them in. Yeah. Without feeling salesy, you know, salesy, you just want to sell and make money, but you show that you care about them and you want to really, uh, you, you're putting in time to solve their problem. Yeah. And so it is two way. It is, it is helpful to the customer and to the, to the business owner. How? So that if you clearly communicate your business, you're going to be paid what you're worth. Yeah. And, and the, the client is not going to feel like you're cheating them, uh, cause you, it's like you're, you're giving them something that is really, really valuable. So I don't know whether that answers your question, yeah, but yeah. that's kind of the way, yeah, we give it time yeah, and we dig deeper. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, thank you. Thank you mm. for going through that. Uh, mm. that's, that's, that's excellent. And that's, that's the experience that I had with you that I felt really unique. I've never experienced that before. And so, um, yeah, I really, really, uh, really appreciate that. And yeah, again, thank you for sharing about your business there and, um, we'll, we'll pray God's blessing on it. Mm. So yeah. So thanks. Thanks for sharing back to you, Glenn. Thank you. All right. Yes. Thank you very much. And we're going to be moving on here. Uh, Jerry L. Martin is joining us from New York. Go ahead, Jerry L. Yes. Well, hello and good morning. It's good to be on here. And I am Jerry L. Martin, the co-owner and the manager at Old Market Coffee. And we're in upstate New York um, in the town of Potsdam. And so I'm, I'm glad to be here and thank you for the invitation. And I'm excited to be a part of what, what you guys are doing on this platform and um, giving a voice to different people in different places. And we can learn from each other. And I appreciate that. Um, so a little bit about um, my journey in coffee specifically in business and um, and how we started. And then we'll go over a little bit of of um, what we're doing right now and some of what we hope to do in the future and the way we hope to uh, make a difference um, in people's lives. <clears throat> so I've been interested in coffee. I'm, I'm actually also 22 years old, so I'm fairly young still. But um, when I was a little younger, <laughs> um, I was interested in coffee as well. And for the last several years here, and um, it's, it's kind of funny because I used to study and experiment with coffee um, in my spare time. And now I get paid to do it full time. So <laughs> that works out well. Um, but um, I've, I've always enjoyed, you know, uh, New coffee experiences, new coffee shops. Um, there, I've had a few opportunities when I was younger to do things with coffee and just, <clears throat> um, always had that, had the interest. <clears throat> and, um, also as I got older, interest in, in business and, um, in starting something. And so it was an, I, uh, starting a coffee shop was an idea. And I should clarify, we started in 2021. So that's why I'm speaking as it's fairly recent. <clears throat> um, so it was always an idea that we, we talked about and, um, it was thrown around and, but not nothing seriously happened with it. And so in, uh, December of 2020 and some before that, we, um, my co-owner Josh, um, reached out to me and, um, asked about helping start something. And, um, after considering it and, um, with what else I was doing and all, um, we decided to move ahead with something. So, um, that was in December of 2020. And over the next few months, we, um, we did our research. We asked a lot of questions. 
um, we made a contact with Bryant, which we're super grateful for. And I was able to uh, do some apprenticing or training um, for a few weeks at Sower's Harvest um, in June, which was super helpful. And I yeah, definitely appreciate that. And they gave me a good vision of what a cafe can be and um, of customer service and um, a good team. And that was super helpful in forming my um, our, our shop and our business. <clears throat> And so in February, we leased our space, and that was very exciting to get that, um, get the keys for that and start there. And um, we also were working with uh, a couple, a man and his wife, who were involved, who have been involved in starting multiple cafes, including one in India, um, et cetera. And they were involved in helping us um, prior to starting up, but then also they came for the week before we opened and the first week of being opened, which that was so huge for us to have someone on the ground that knew what they were doing and could give us hands-on training and um, who was there to help us develop our processes and all that. So um, I feel like it was so helpful to put in that time to research, to ask questions, to make connections with people in the space. And, um, to prepare as much as we could to, to make that opening and that, that, um, startup, um, successful. <clears throat> so, um, August 6th, 2021, we, um, we opened our shop. So almost a year and a half now. And, um, it's quite the feeling you, you put in all that work, all that effort, um, into making something, creating something. And then that day comes and you finally open the doors and, um, you just kind of wonder what people are going to think. So it was definitely, a unique experience, but um, I'm grateful to say that it was a success so far and um, people were interested and um, have been coming back since then. So I'm just going to show a couple pictures quick to kind of give you um, a visual of what we're working with and um, hopefully that's helpful. <clears throat> and give me one second here. Okay, so there's our logo, our business name, Old Market Coffee. <clears throat> Here is our shop. Um, we are in kind of the middle, bottom middle of the frame. There you can see our sign. That is our, our space, our corner. It's a fairly small space, but we have um, up to the first, the, there's the door, and then the first window on the left there. That's the kind of the edge of our space, and then going back along the edge of the building. So, it's a very, very nice space for a cafe. It has all the big windows, natural lighting, and um, a nice um, a nice building there. We have um, uh, apartments above us, obviously, so customers on top of us, um, which is which is good. And, um, yeah, it works well for us. Obviously, this was just this winter. <clears throat> this is inside our space. This is in the one corner, kind of a, a comfortable seating area. Um, so that's a little bit of our seating area. Uh, this is our, um, I'll show a picture that shows more of the space. This is our main counter and, um, where the register is front and center. Left side is the bar, obviously. Um, right side is where we make our crepes, which we'll hear a little bit more about later. And, um, that's basically where it happens. So it's a small space. I feel like it's having a small space, um, forced us to become creative and um, come up with good ways to make use of that space. And I feel like we've we've been able to optimize that and um, and play to that to that well. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, this is dark, but um, here is walking in the front door, and this is our space. There's 30, 30 seats about in there, so fairly small. But um, come Saturday, it'll be, or as today, um, it'll be packed out and potentially aligned to the door. So we we use it well. <laughs> and just to know, like I said, basically everything happens right there in the back left. And then around to the right, on the in the back right there, there's a doorway. We have some storage space and um, our refrigerators, dish area, all that type of thing. <clears throat> Here is one of our crepes. And like I said, we are a, or I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but we are a coffee shop, a crepery. We have a um, uh, um, good selection of teas, smoothies, other drinks, uh, baked goods. And so the crepes are um, maybe new to some of you. Maybe you're really familiar with them. <clears throat> Excuse me. This would be our bacon and avocado, Swiss cheese, bacon, avocado, and a lemon, lemon slice. Delicious um, favorite. Um, here's one of our create your own. There's some fruit, um, whipped cream. You can, we get we have some savory options. Um, we have sweet options, and then you can also build your own um, sweet crepe. So people really like that. <clears throat> and if you're not familiar, a crepe is similar to a pancake batter. Um, it's just more, uh, more liquid or it's, there's more milk to it. So it's going to run a little more. So it's more thin like a tortilla, but like a pancake batter. <clears throat> there's one of our drinks, um, in our space. <clears throat> there's our team. So that is our current team. <clears throat> there is 10 of us total, including Josh and I. Um, I'm in the, almost the, the, I'm in the back row and almost the second from the right. And then Josh would be the one on the far left. So that is our wonderful team and they do very well in supporting us. And um, we're glad to be working together. <clears throat> and that is that. All right. And we're back. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a visual of um, what we're working with and um, a little bit of who we are. <clears throat> Uh, like I said, I feel like the crepes was obviously a new thing, and um, that's good and bad because you can fill a niche if um, there's one to fill, but um, if there's no interest, then you're you're done for. <laughs> so um, or uh, potentially. So um, there was a bit of that um question as we started. We felt it was a very good uh, potential, but um, we weren't sure if there was the interest or if there was the ongoing interest to keep coming back for one. Um. We're grateful to say that there has been, and um, it's been going well. We, people have really liked that. Uh, our coffee is from Encounter Coffee in Company in North Carolina, and he does a very good job. He's just a small roaster, a personal friend of ours, that was able to um, source our shop as we opened. <clears throat> we're, we're serving a unique um, – our coffee is uni unique to our area. Um, there's actually two other coffee shops in town, um, but I feel like we've been able to um, – people have enjoyed the coffee that we brought. It's something that Josh and I – both personally felt was um, something that was unique to us and, and the, um, our taste. And we, we were brought that to our customers and we're grateful to see that they also enjoy that and um, appreciate that. Um, our town has two colleges, which is definitely a big part of our, um, our customer base. Uh, there's two colleges there, several thousand students. And there's also two more colleges, uh, maybe 15 minutes away. So quite a few students for our area. So we, um, that's amazing, but it's also, we feel the ups and downs of that, um, come summer and breaks and definitely depends on that. So we continue to learn a lot about this industry. And uh, one thing that I'm learning a lot is, um, that streamlining 
as in any business, but um, streamlining and efficiency is so important. Um, when you're doing something 50 or 100 or 150 times in a day, um, or uh, ma- making that many items, let's say, or, or, um, doing tasks hundreds of times, uh, little costs, let's say in, in, um, disposables or product or, um, just time efficiencies add up like crazy. So that's been a huge learning thing. <clears throat> and there's so much that we're constantly improving, which is fun. <clears throat> So a little bit uh, more about our purpose, what we're doing, um, something that I'm excited about. So I believe that we're, we're creating um, more than just drinks, more than just food. We're creating a whole experience. And so you walk in, you buy coffee, you sit down, you have access to this space. You have there's there's the Wi-Fi. There's um, a good atmosphere. There's kind people, um, hopefully um, there's good community. And so I think that's. That's a big, that's the, the exciting part of it. Yes, I love coffee. I love food. Um, I love creating that. But, um, when, when you can build relationships with your customers, when you change it from just a transaction to a, to a relationship, um, I believe that's super powerful and I believe that's going to stand out. And, um, I believe that's how we show Christ to our community as well. And, uh, I have that. Well, sorry. I was looking at my notes, perhaps down later. Um, and we're we're passionate about creating a culture, creating an atmosphere for our customers and our team that that they can enjoy, that they can thrive in, that's um giving life to them. So that's something we're really passionate about. And as we've created the space, and like I said, starting out was you know you kind of put yourself out there and you wonder what people will think. And now over a year later, it's very meaningful when you hear people say, um, "We walk in here and it's just it's a little bit of calm in my day." Um, in the midst of the chaos. And, you know, there's the, there's the music that we play versus what tends to be typical. And, um, just there's, there's a difference in, in how it makes you feel and, um, a place of rest. And so that's really, that's really exciting to hear people resonate with that and with our mission and with, with that, what we're, what we're doing. <clears throat> and so a little more and a little bit more about what we're thinking in the future as well. Um, I believe in incredible hospitality and that that's kindness. That's your service. Um, that's, what's going to stand out. And like I said earlier, it changes from a transaction to relationship. And I think that's so powerful today is, um, unfortunately the bar has been pushed down pretty low in, in customer service in, in a lot of places. And, um, I feel like if we can come in with hospitality and with just being kind, having a smile, it's so powerful. And it's something different um, in the hospitality industry, which has lost a lot of that, unfortunately. And then I think also thinking about and um, Anon and references as well about it's not our work and our life separated. It's like we are huge part of our lives um, is at work. And so I think our jobs like it's a mission to accomplish. It's um, a culture that we're embracing like I said, for our customers, for our team. Um, and that's inspiring for me to be able to create that, um, be able to create something special in a community where there's, where there's, um, an atmosphere and, um, uh, of hope and of joy. And I believe it's, it's since work is a huge part of our lives, it's so important to be doing stuff, doing things that matter, that's valuable and bringing our best to that. And so that's what we're trying to do, pursuing excellence in what we're doing. Um, and trying to bring value to others. 
and that's why we care so much about the culture, the atmosphere we create, and um, has an impact on, on every person that steps in the shop. And that's a that's a really inspiring and um, and uh, challenging thought for me that you know we we affect every person that comes in or we can, and um, we want to make use of that. So we as people need a purpose, and we need something bigger and more than just ourselves. Um, to and right now we want, we want something more to to um, look towards, to work for, and um, to be and f- for each other, for Christ. And <clears throat> we want to make people's day better for having spent time in our shop. I think if we can come back to that, how can we make people's day better? How can we impact them for having been at our shop, um, serving them with excellent um, coffee, excellent food, and um, excellent service that treats them um, respectfully? And um, honors them as a person. <clears throat> so, like I said, we can impact, we can improve their day for for the positive, for good, um, on a daily basis, or um, as often as they come in. Show them that there's still love, there's still kindness in the world, and uh, I think that speaks so loudly of the difference that Christ makes in us. <clears throat> so, we want to point others to Christ, invite them by our lives. Our Christianity, I believe, should attract others because of the hope that we have and the meaning of life, the meaning in life because of Christ. There's so many people that are just hopeless and um, have lost that hope. But if we can show that there's meaning because of Christ, that's going to speak. So ask yourself, am I making, are you making the difference that you were created to make and that you want to make? So I want to do work that I was created to do to um, have the impact I was created to make and inspire those that, that I influence. And um, I'm, I'm also passionate about, about leadership. And um, I believe that leadership is, is everyone. Leadership is influence. And so creating thriving teams and serving our customers with, like I said, incredible hospitality. And I'm excited about the vision that God is giving us. I'm challenged because our shop is a platform, I believe, in our community. It's like a platform of space that we can work from to reach, to interact with people that we otherwise would likely have no connection with. We probably wouldn't ever meet these people or or at least not have that depth of connection. And they learn to trust us as friends and we can speak into their lives because of that trust. I think that's very valuable. We can build that trust and then we can use that to, uh, to reach them and to, to interact in their daily lives and to be a friend and to speak Christ and to speak life into their lives. <clears throat> so it's a long-term goal. It's not something that's going to happen quickly, but we invest in that in, as, as long in long-term. And I believe, um, and it's also in just a quick note, it's, it's exciting to see Bryant and he's obviously several years ahead of where we are. But um, he's talking about ex- experience that they have where they've spoken into and poured out into someone's life and minister or whatever, serve them for years. And, and there, there's fruit that's been happening over the, over the, over time. And so I'm excited about that to see that, um, working out in a real world case in the future <clears throat> or, um, ahead of us there. <clears throat> so I pray that God would guide all of us in our sphere of influence and in the sphere of leadership that, that we're in. And um, like I referenced earlier, I believe we're all leaders, uh, as Simon Sinek said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. And I would 
I would leave that with you and I would inspire, um, ask you to think about that. So, um, we're all called to lead to be an example worth following because of who we are in Christ, not something of ourselves, but because of who we are in Christ, we're, it, we, we should be having an example that's worth following. <clears throat> be willing to ask, am I doing work that I was created to do, having the impact I was created to make and inspiring the people that I influence? So thank you. And, um, hopefully that gave you a little picture of what we're doing and inspired you to think about, um, doing your part as well. And um, we're very passionate about coffee, about food, and um, about the impact we're having on people's lives. And we want to take that seriously. And we're excited about furthering the kingdom here in that way. So thank you. And I look forward to if there's any questions in the end. All right. Very well. Thank you, Jerry L. Yes, I have a number of questions for you, but uh, all of you, if you keep your questions to the end, we'll um, have opportunity for that then. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing. All right, we're going to be moving on. Uh, the next um, talk here is by John Gooch, and he is also joining us from Uganda. And John, the time is yours. Well, good morning to all of you. Um, my name is John Gooch. So a number of weeks ago, Bryant invited me to come on to Strength and Strength, Strength and Strength to talk about Kaza Technical School. This is a vocational school in Uganda. As you can see, this is a partnership between Fathers of the Way and Christian Aid Ministries. So our church, or Fathers of the Way, is a franchisee uh, working, working in partnership with Christian Aid Ministries. This is a picture of our church, our local body. Our primary reason that we are in Uganda is church planting. Uh, we view the vocational school program as a fishing pond uh, to make disciples of Jesus. The program is also a sustainable way for us to discharge our obligation to care for the poor around us. We are located in East Africa. This is a small landlocked country uh, of about 46 million people. We are located in the capital city of Kampala, and that is about 3.5 million people. I'm an American, and from my personal experience, many Americans know very little about sub-Saharan Africa in general, and Uganda in particular. And the majority of the people majority of Americans or Western people simply view Ugandans as, as probably living in some state of poverty. Uh, but that's their, their only real perception of the country. And that is certainly uh, the case for the majority of, of Ugandans do live in material poverty. We have to first define the word poverty. To say someone is living in poverty or someone is poor is, of course, a relative statement, uh, as is the word rich or wealthy. We can't say someone is poor or someone is rich without a point of comparison. So I like to rather define poverty in terms of access to basic needs, such as food and water, shelter, education, health care, and stable fam- family units. 
Um, the first four of them are obvious. I want to talk about the fifth one a little bit. In my experience, uh, a stable family unit with a, a father and a mother, they're married to each other, they're able to live together. That's often the first casualty in diff- difficult ef- economic times. For example, I know a number of individuals here in the city who live in the capital, but their spouses or their children are in a village far from from the city, and they see them maybe every few months as they're able to. The cost of living in the village is much cheaper. Another example is many Ugandans work abroad in the Middle East, or and they'll be gone for a year or even two years at a time, separated from their spouse and their children. Um, this also has a lot of implications for for people who want to be involved in a community or in a, in a church and their ability to do church work and to uh, have time to invest in relationships. Um, someone who, who lacks a disposable income at, that many people have in the West are so tied down to making a living that they're, they're unable to, to do many of the things in the West that we take for granted. So I included that in the list of, of uh, defined definition of poverty. We, to be fair, it's also my observation that many Ugandans, even though they may be materially poor, they're also they're rich in relationships, especially family relationships. The West, in the West, we have an individualistic economic model, and um, many Ugandans live in more of a collectivist economic model, and they find ways to meet each other's needs that are certainly not present in the West. Uh, a major source of uh, people living in poverty is, is simply the re- large refugee population in Uganda. So according to the UN, UNHCR, there are 1.5 million refugees or asylum seekers in Uganda as of May 2022. So many of them live in the north, and these would be refugees from South Sudan. Uh, there's also western uh, refugee camps. And these are mostly Congolese. Um, both Congolese and South Sudanese are fleeing from war zones or active conflict zones. There are many urban refugees here in Kampala where we live. Um, so the UN and other NGOs and Christian Aid Ministries actually in northern Uganda has, has helped to alleviate uh, some of the basic needs of the refugees. When we originally conceived of the school in 2017, we, we originally um, were going to make it for the refugees. The reason why is many of these people live in refugee camps, and they've lived in refugee camps in, in some cases for years, and so they have um, food, or they have shelter, or they have access to the water, but they're stuck in limbo, where they can't be a contributing member of society because they haven't learned the local language, or they don't have a tangible skill a marketable skill to integrate them into the local economy. In time, we came to realize that many Ugandans are in the same situation or, or just as bad or even worse as the refugees. Um, so we, we we changed the vision of the school originally from being only for refugees to being anyone who's living in poverty. The second major problem um, Spiritual poverty. 
So the the physical poverty gets most of the press. It's more well known than the spiritual condition. Uh, I put a chart here in the slide of all the major denominations and faiths, I should say, in Uganda. <clears throat> Many times, um, people who are in such denominations mix their <clears throat> mix their faith with animistic religion, the traditional African religions. Um, religion, religion is very important to most Ugandans. Most of them are quite observant. I've rarely met uh, secular people here. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that every person in this list, in this chart that I've listed, is necessarily spiritually bankrupt. I think most of you would agree that God is a judge of every man's spiritual condition, and he ultimately will, will decide who are his and who are not. The very, very few churches in Uganda teach the importance of literal obedience to Jesus' teachings, especially the Sermon on the Mount. And there's so many people who identify as Christians, but they don't actually follow Christ. So we started the Kazo Technical School. There's a name for it. It's a vocational school in 2018, August of 2018, as a solution to those problems, both spiritual and physical poverty. Uh, we, we start by teaching one course. We have only one course offering, welding and metal fabrication. This is primarily geared towards young men. We are open every day from from 8.30 to 4 in the afternoon. The total course hours, 975 hours, and that's split across two 13-week semesters. And there's an average of 10 to 15 students per class. Here's a picture of a typical group of students. Uh, there in the middle is... Timothy Chirabo, he's a main instructor. The average age of the students generally range from 17 to 35 years old. The majority of these young men are Christians, nominal Christians of various denominations. There's a minority of these are Muslims. So we focus on those who have graduated from primary school but they dropped out of or never finished secondary school. Um, and approximately two-thirds of these are Uganda nationals and one-third are refugees from other East African countries. So at the beginning of every day, uh, 8.30, we start with a Bible lesson, and that is 30 minutes long. Hopefully you recognize this young man in the front. That's Anan. He was... Earlier in the, in the call, he presented. He does an excellent job of teaching. If uh, if you total the, the entire hours of teaching, it's 65 hours these young men have to sit in the class. And we use the creation to new creation material designed by Charlton Swayze and others. And I think Charlton came on this call, Strength to Strength, some time back. So I won't go in, into detail about this curriculum. I'm very thankful to the report that as a result of these classes and many other Bible studies, two, two young men out of our, our classes of students, two young men have been baptized into our local church. 
into the kingdom of God. And we, we thank God for that. So following the Bible lesson is a 90-minute welding theory lesson. And I'm not going to read over all these uh, theory modules, but they're listed here on the screen. And they learn the just the classroom side of, of these various categories. <clears throat> after the after the the class, the theory class, they go outside and work work out for the rest of the day for free. So typically Timothy will start every day with a group of students. He draws them into a huddle. The students will bring their work. In this particular photo, they were practicing structural welding. They'll bring the work for inspection. And so he talks about what went well, what didn't go well, and use a whiteboard to to assign assignments for that day. <clears throat> um, they do a variety of projects. I have some photos. Here's a thin metal project, a fabrication project that two students are working on. There's some more photos. On the far left is uh, a cabinet students made last year. Um, here's Timothy again in the middle photo. <clears throat> He's helping a young man with brazing. And here's another fabrication project on the right with two students. <laughs> so I get a lot of questions from people. They ask, how is our school different from other schools? And I usually say it's <clears throat> it's different in a number of ways, but primarily it's different in terms of hours of practice. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you can imagine, welding is very expensive in terms of electricity, welding consumables, metal. Um, and many local for-profit schools simply don't give the students enough hours of practice because it's a very expensive thing to do. <clears throat> because we are donor-funded, we can give the students um, the majority of their time in school is dedicated to practice, and they're able to to get enough practice where they're able to be uh, ready for a job after school. <clears throat> one more photo here. This is uh, one of our substitute teachers <clears throat> with a group of students teaching uh, blueprint interpretation. Here's a photo of some of our graduates uh, and local companies. We usually encourage them to go for an internship and the goal is at the end of the internship, the, the company will usually retain them if, if they prove to be, uh, valuable workers. Finally, some statistics. Uh, let me explain these. So the, the year here refers to the year of enrollment. Uh, first class was seven students. Uh, this column refers to those who completed the first semester. This column refers to those who completed the second semester. This column is uh, all the number of students who initially enrolled. This is how many are employed. And then the final column, the number of those who graduated level two or semester two that are now employed. And when I say employed, we consider them to be employed when they generate income from any entity engaged in welding, metal fabrication, or metal cutting, both uh, as an employee and as a self-employed person. Um, 
this column's not filled simply because uh, the current class hasn't graduated. So as you can see, just from a cursory look at this chart, <clears throat> very many students join the class, but those who actually graduate are far fewer. We do have a fairly high dropout rate. But for those who, who do endure to the end, those who, who graduate, they're almost certain of getting employment. This is significant because Uganda has an extremely high unemployment rate, especially for young people. Accurate statistics are difficult, but I've, I've read 65 to 80% unemployment. So I'm actually very excited and very thankful for the ability to have these numbers. <clears throat> Next slide. So finally, my, my last slide in conclusion, if you wish to know more about the school, uh, we do have a website. It's listed here at the, the link above. Also, we've just started sending out monthly updates. Um, you can sign up at this link or you can send uh, an email to the school and I can manually add you to the mailing list. Um, we are a donor funded largely. The students pay about 10% of the cost of their education and the remaining 90% is entirely subsidized by donors. So uh, we do need donors. Cam, Cam has graciously helped us, um, but uh, there, there's always continual needs that are not always able to be met. And finally, everyone can pray, and that's last but certainly not least. So specifically, I ask that you pray that out of our classes we find those with, with eyes to see, ears to hear the message of the kingdom, we really do have a rare opportunity, and that opportunity is those 65 hours that we can we can have a window into these young men's lives during the Bible class to for, for them to hear the message of the kingdom. Um, we probably never know the fruit uh, of the, the message itself, the, the words they hear. Uh, that's what I have. Thank you so much for allowing me to tell you all about the school. All right. Very well. Thank you, John, for, for sharing that with us. All right. So we're going to um, open it up for Q&A here. Uh, it's a little bit after 7 o'clock, so uh, we don't have a lot of time. So you'd um, simply unmute yourself, turn on your um, uh, video camera, and... Um, we welcome your questions. Maybe just to start out, so John, I, it was very um, clear from uh, your presentation about how you're able to interact uh, with your students, like you're you're working with them uh, very closely. And you said that you have like even 30 minutes a day of, of Bible study. That's uh, that's amazing. But maybe a question then to the others, so to Anan and also to Jerio. Um, like really practically, uh, how are you able to build relationships in the busyness of business? Like, uh, Jerry, oh, you're there, uh, preparing meals and they, you know, soon leave. Like, um, do you get to know your customers? Is there, <laughs> um, and maybe the same question for you, Anand, you're working from, you know, a great distance apart. Uh, probably in at least uh, some cases. 
And um, yeah, so unlike John, who has the ability to work with these um, folks in, in the school very, very closely, it's just work, uh, wondering how that works for, for the other two. Yeah, for sure. And that's, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's so one thing I did forget to mention is we also are starting um, actually next week. We are starting um, one evening where we're going to do a student study night where we're going to open up our shop um, for a few hours in the evening for <clears throat> excuse me, for um, anyone to come. We'll have um, some free drinks that we'll just be offering kind of like a self-serve. And we're hoping so part of our. Yeah, absolutely. Our vision was, you know, during the day we could sit down and talk to people and that type of thing with how busy it ends up being, that doesn't always work. <laughs> and so we're hopeful that um, we can invite people that we've gotten to know um, at work, students that would <clears throat> would like to have a space to study in, and um, they could come out in the evenings. We could have a chance to interact with them more. So that's one hopeful thing in the future. Um, I would say a couple of the ways, yeah, it's something we're constantly thinking about. How can we translate this from a business kind of um, relationship, yes, but um, how can we um, go deeper? So I would say there's been a couple um, in in particular that we've had, um, particularly Josh and I would have been involved in being there, has had to his house for, let's say, a meal or um, for an evening. Um, so there's been two, three of those that we, we've had out like that. Um, I've done some stuff on a personal level where I've gotten to know someone and then had some chance to, to um, interact with them um, away from work as well. Um, in a number of cases. And um, <clears throat> there's, you know, there's, so I feel like we, we've built, been able to build a lot of relationships. Just, you know, people come in often enough. You get to know a little bit about their life. You um, ask them about things they've told you about in the past. That shows them you remember, you remember, you, you cared. People are surprised about us knowing their names. You know, that's a big thing. Um, and, you know, there's, um, some people that come in, I'll sit down and talk with them when I see them come in. You know, I'll take a chance to, to do that as I as I have time and, and try to make a point of doing that. Um, so I feel like there a lot of that is um, a lot of it is just them seeing your life, them seeing you relate to them with respect, with kindness, having a smile. That's big. Um, but also, I feel like as they build that, like I spoke about that trust, as you build with them, there's more opportunity to say. Or, or for them, where they're more free to share maybe things that they're going through, or where I could sit down and, and um, talk to them, and we, and we could we could have those good conversations. So I feel like it's something we're still navigating. I, we've definitely seen some fruit or some opportunities, like I mentioned, where we have more interaction. But um, I guess those are a couple ways. Yeah, thank you for that. And yeah, okay. you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, thank you for the question. <clears throat> so there might be a difference between, it's like it is, you see, it's like the, uh, how some of my brothers have shared. Mainly it's external. You see their relationship. It's, you know, they are working with people and it's like, you know, the, the coffee shop. But with Thrivex, what I have in mind or what we have in mind, I feel like there's a lot more emphasis within the internal aspect of it. Seeing that we uh, get to work as brothers. Yeah, and seeing that you know discipleship can continue yeah, in how how will that look like in a workplace? Yeah? So uh, how do we resolve conflict? There's a, you know there are usually people people say a lot about how money can bring uh, a lot of dis disagreements. People fight over money, but seeing that if we brothers can work together and 
you know, and we are at peace. We we are not driven by greed and the love of money, seeing that whatever we have, we can be able to utilize that together, share it evenly without any fights among us. I, I see that that is a huge win uh, for for Thrivex and as as the brothers in the church. Yeah, and the other point in relation to that. Uh, there's a there's a mentality around here that if you're not educated, you can never be successful. Yeah. If you're not, uh, if you if you don't have a degree, if you didn't go to to school, you'll never be of any value. Let's say in the society, people will value you for for the amount of doc, for the number of documents and the certifications you have, and and that's the mentality I had. For some some fears, yeah? I'm a I'm a school drop. I dropped out of school at a really early stage, and I burned a lot of money. Uh, uh, it's like after it's like you know, coming out of school, you have family challenges. I couldn't uh, get tuition. I couldn't go. Like it was so heavy on my side. If I get a little bit of income, I put it in school, and I I, I can't get enough money to finish the course. I had a dream of becoming a doctor, but I just couldn't. And, and that was really, really heavy on me. But if we can get to a point that we can, you know, help and support the brothers in the churches, they're going to come and join the church. But what next? Are they going to uh, keep depending on each and everyone? But to see that if we can have at least a place where we can uh, develop a skill yeah, that we can learn how to look after our families. Yeah, like I said, we Christians we should be known by giving, not by always receiving. I've seen, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen that change a lot. Is that in the in the few years we've been working, seeing that I can start to look after my family. You know, I can I can be of a good help in the community and in the church at large. I feel like that is such a, as uh, you know, such an achievement that we are. That we, we've reached that, and we hope to spread that. If if it is it is a marketing agency, anyone with the skill can plug in. You know, we can train them, we can teach them, they can plug in and find out how to help help more and more people. And still on the external part of it, practically how that, that might look like, we might not be out there. Uh, let's say uh, the first line is spreading the gospel. Yeah, yeah, that, that might not be the selling point of the business, but showing that. You can do business with love, yeah. You can do business with honesty, with trust, yeah. That you can trust us to, you know, to deliver what you requested. You can trust us to deliver in time. Why? Because we are Christians, yeah. We're not going to charge you for what you, you know, extra. You're not going to to rip you off. No, it's like we are bringing our uh, Christian knowledge, our principles, the things we learn, the things we are learning from Christ. Day by day, and then applying that in our life, and and in that, you know, the the sermon on the mount, so that when people see your good works, they'll give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If uh, if if people get to see how we relate to them, if people get to see how we do business, yeah, I feel like that is going to to make an impact, however small it is, but at least it will make a make an impact. So I feel like a lot is in the internal aspect of that how we relate with the brothers, how we uh, help the brothers in the church to, to become better people in the, in the line of trade and business. So that's kind of the, the vision that we are trying to push in that area. I don't know whether that answers your question clearly. 
All right, thank you, Anand, for that. All right, we'd like to open it up here for um, any questions from the audience. Um, yeah, what do you have for, um, what do you have to ask? Go ahead. I'm, uh, my name's Patrick. I'm intrigued by by the um, Followers of the Way trade program. That's a practical way of teaching people, coupled with Christianity. I don't really have a question. I'm just really, really inspired by what you're doing over there. I like cafes. We do that in America, but this is on the ground training people. We go from theoretical to a practical application, so kudos Okay, I got the ball rolling. Somebody else. Since you're a quiet audience, I don't mean to offend people who are doing marketing or or cafes. I just, I'm more of a pragmatic person. I like to see somebody doing something. I'm going to, uh, the first guy, I can't pronounce your name. I'm going to contact you about a website. And if I get near New York City, I'll come up and get something to eat. <laughs> Sounds good. Please, please, somebody else save it. Keep going. <laughs> well, this is John D. Uh, Jerry L. I've often been curious in uh, venues like you have how people respond, for instance, to a quartet coming in, say, like on a Friday evening every week that it's an event they know is going to happen. Does that drive people away or does that attract people? Yeah. Um, thank you. And you're saying like, if we would, if we would host an event at our space, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So first off, we haven't tried it. So I'm not exactly sure. Um, I feel like there would definitely be people that would be interested. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not open in the evenings, um, normally. So people don't necessarily think of coming there and then like, cause we're not normally open. Um, but I feel like there would certainly be people that would be interested in that and would would come for it i'm not sure like just the general student population and all that if if they would be super interested in coming back for that um but i feel like there would definitely would be some people that would that would make a point of coming and enjoying that mm-hmm. and you're well i'm not sure if that answers your question exactly but you're welcome to specify if there's anything else well that has always been a concept that i would like to see tried uh and you know if if you did open one evening a week and everybody knew this was what was going to happen on that evening, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see what, what kind of response you would get. And if you had people who could articulate just in a little 10 second testimony, just, just a, just a tiny little uh, glimpse into the kingdom of heaven, uh, what it's all about, uh, that intrigues me as a possibility. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I will make a note of that. And it's like a good, I, Love to hear ideas like this because, um, I feel like there's a lot in our testimony, but, um, what, what are ways we can actually practically, um, push ahead and, and try to, try to do more than just living it, but actually try to speak it. So no, I will make a note of that and I appreciate that idea and it's definitely a good one. I have a question. Um, Brother Anand, you you mentioned Iron um, 
sharpening iron or striking sharpening iron um, as brothers work together in a business. And I know that um, Finney Curavilla has talked before about Christians seeking opportunity to work side by side together, if possible, to extend that time of fellowship and just living together and working together to increase the opportunity for encouragement and accountability and growth together. Um, I guess each of you has um, presented uh, business opportunities where, where you are working with those of like faith. How, how has that translated into um, this working fellowship together where y'all are able to grow and encourage one another? Can you help me repeat that? Bit? Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a, a winding way of, of talking sometimes. Um, so you mentioned uh, iron sharpening iron. How does that translate into your daily time working with with others of like faith? Uh, other, do you find in, intentional opportunities to to grow together to um, to help one another? Um, as you're serving the Lord? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. So I feel like like when I'm even talking about how business life and church life like should be integrated, like literally that is how, how it is here. So I'm working for most of the time I'm with uh, a brother called Francis and then, and then brother Samson, uh, yeah, some couple of times a week, I'm um, with Brother Jeremy. I see he's uh, he's on the call here. Yeah, but uh, the, the 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 two of the brothers, Francis and Samson, we are in the same Christophomity group. Yeah, we have uh, groups like accountability groups. Yeah, it's like we are not only working together physically, but we are in the same the same accountability group as brothers and followers of Jesus Christ. So it's like it won't be hard for me to tell, let's uh, say, brother, that oh, we should have done. I think I think you. You know, it didn't go on well in such a situation. It's like with an open uh, conversation, it's easy to speak into his life. If I see that there is uh, an area that needs uh, like clarifying, there is uh, uh, more clarity that is required in his life. It's easy because we are we are together. Uh, even he's actually in the back there. We are always at the same workplace. We are we are together. He's my roommate. Yeah. Uh, for multiple days a week, we are meeting in houses. So it's, it's even hard to separate the time when we are like working and when we are like together as brothers. So it's, that's how it is. And that's how we hope for it to go when a brother joins us. We are just as close as we can. And so that makes it easier to speak into their lives to disciple one another. And I feel like it's a, it has been, yeah, helpful in that way. That's it. Me again, because everybody's quiet. John, I'd like to somehow get in contact with you because I'm really interested in how you're coupling discipleship with classroom time. I run a halfway house, and right now I have 13 men in it. My aspiration is to put 30 30 people together in a job training program with the same approach that you have. The unfortunate part 
I don't have any formal training in teaching people about Christ. I, I can build a business or I can be a Christ follower and a teacher. I have a hard time doing mo- both at one time. So I'm really, I downloaded your syllabus and stuff like that, and I looked at your stuff, but I'd like to get a better understanding. I, I don't know what I'm asking, and I'm not great with emails. So if we're sitting there trying to email, it takes me 45 minutes to do a simple email because I'm horribly dyslexic. And I don't know if we can do a Zoom call. Glenn might be able to patch us up again. But you're doing something by taking people with no understanding and retraining them. I like that because that's practical in my world. I might get in trouble because I'll step on somebody's toes. That's an invitation, John, just in case you're interested. Patrick, I can I can definitely get you connected with uh, John. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to say um, thank you, brothers, for sharing. It was really inspiring. I really caught um, one of the, one of your last comments, Anon, um, talking about uh, how people when people see the way you do work that's informed by the fact that you're a follower of Jesus, you know, you, you meet your commitments and you, you, you don't rip people off. You treat them fairly. And then they, like, like Jesus says, when they see your good works, they glorify your father who's in heaven. And so that's a, that was a, um, inspiring to me to try to make sure that I tie that together when I, when my customers, uh, I'm in construction. So I'm thinking, think about ways that I can, can glorify God. And so that's a challenge for me. Um, when they appreciate what I've done, point out the fact that it's because of who I am as a follower of Jesus. Um, yeah, really inspiring to all of you. I really, it's, yeah, seeing what, how you're serving, um, on the, in daily life in different parts of the world. Blessings. All right. Uh, thank you all for your questions and thanks to our uh, three contributors this morning for sharing and for your time. We appreciate that. I think we're going to be wrapping this up. Uh, we'll have a closing prayer here and then following the prayer, we'll have an announcement. So, um, yeah, Jeremy Horning is with us. He is also joining us from Uganda. And Jeremy, if you would be able to... Um, Unmute yourself, turn on your video, and if you would um, offer a closing prayer. Uh, All right. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we worship you. We recognize that you are the creator of all things. We recognize that all that we have and all that we are are dependent on your your grace and on your goodness. We thank you for... Uh, a community for a body of believers that we can share together. We have common values that we can uh, encourage one another and strengthen one another. We thank you for this time that we had this morning. We uh, pray that you just continue to bless the, the different organizations and endeavors that were presented here. Um, pray that your word could go forth and that and that the the kingdom of God would be would be manifest through through the daily activities of these different organizations. We uh, pray you just bless each one on the call here and help us to 
remember you in all that we, we do and say. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, as many of you know, this was actually an off Saturday. Uh, it was an off week. Uh, next Saturday, we will also be having a call, which will be uh, back to the regular schedule. Uh, we are planning to have uh, with us a brother by the name of Micaiah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know his last name, but the first name is Micaiah. And he will be speaking about um, spiritual disciplines versus spiritual disaster. Uh, the subtitle is The Benefits of Fidelity in Prayer, Fasting, Solitude, and Community. So uh, looking forward to that. That is in the morning at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, on the same day, also one week from today, in the afternoon, we will be having with us um, David Bersot, and he will be speaking about the Deuterocanonicals. Uh, the title is Sacred Writings, the Deuterocanonicals, Your Friend or Foe, uh, speaking specifically as as it's commonly called the Old Testament Apocrypha. So uh, that is at 3 o'clock Eastern Time in the afternoon, uh, Saturday next week. So you're all invited back for both of those. And uh, look forward to seeing you there again. Again, thanks for our contributors this morning. And uh, Lord bless uh, all of your days. Thank you. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend.